This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Pam McKay, who during her near-death experience, she encountered an energy being, and today we're going to learn about it. Pam, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Thank you so much, Jeff, for inviting me today. I know we're going to get on very well and have a wonderful time. Um, my name is Pam McKay. I was born in in England in a place called Leeds. Um, I suppose... I suppose everybody, when when they talk to Jeff, they talk about uh, flatlining or um, having a near-death experience. I'd like to cover that, but I also would like to talk about um, people that commit, commit suicide because that's a lost world where people don't always like to discuss it. And today I would like to bring that in with Jeff's permission. But first of all, I'm going to tell you about what happened to me a long, long time ago? I was 33 years old. I took an overdose. I will tell you the things that I remember the most. I remember hearing lights flashing. And I say hear, hear lights flashing because that's what it was. You know, we, it wasn't. I wasn't looking at lights flashing. I was listening to it, lights flashing. And I felt like I was going through a corridor, but I wasn't going through a corridor. Um, I heard this music and it was like a thousand violins playing. It was the most, most beautiful music I could ever explain. And it, it took me with it. it. There was no, I didn't want to go on it. I just flowed with the music. It was so beautiful. And then from somewhere, someone took my hand and that was the feeling of wanting to go again and contentment. And then it felt like someone was put a great big duvet around me to protect me. And they was just talking to me all the time and I was going forward. Um, I don't know where I was going. I wasn't interested. I just know that wherever this person or this voice was, I was going to go with them. Mm. And I went and then all of a sudden, the lights, the noise of the light stopped making a noise and this beautiful blue and green and orange come, colours come, started to come through. And then I found myself walking like down a pathway. And on this pathway, there was all these beautiful lights dancing in and out. There wasn't the colours that we see here on Earth. There was beautiful colours, absolutely stunning. And I talk to the guide, guide, I'll call him a guide now, and I asked him, what, what, where, what about all the colours, what are they? And he said, they're the souls. It's the way that we recognise the, the, the souls. If they're blue, they've been passed a long time. If they're green, they're just newcomers to the world. But then you, when you see bigger ones and, and different shapes, then the ones that can be like um, guides and 
people like that. You know what I mean? Souls like that. So I'm going through all this and he's talking to me about different vibrations with these lights and wherever. And I'm not really grasping anything. And then all of a sudden, um, I found my feet, uh, my feet on the ground. And we're walking through something. I'm not quite sure what it was. And then he asked permission to hold my hand and I give him my hand. And and he guided me up like two big stones into a long, long trough. And he was one side holding me and I was walking through this trough and he he asked me, what did I feel? And I told him I felt sand and pebbles and he asked me what else did I feel and I did I feel anything else and and I said a lightness of soul and and I did I felt my soul soul whatever you want to call it was just getting lighter the depression was going everything was going I was leaving everything behind and I walked all the way to the end of the trough and at the end he took me he helped me from the trough onto the next, this big stone. And he asked me to sit down. And then from nowhere come the whitest towel I'd ever seen in this God's world, white as white. And he bent down and took hold of me, one of my feet. I was so embarrassed somebody kind of wanted to wipe my feet, but he did. He wiped both my feet and he put the towel down. And then we walked together down this, there was no path there. There was nothing I could feel, but was walking down this path. And he turned me around and he said, this, now Pamela said, this is for you and you alone. Now you must go forward. And he let go of my hand and I started to go forward. And it was like a big screen opened. And all I could see was... um Wind, um, lights, uh, whether where the sun was coming through, it, it was really, really strange. I was trying to focus on everything. Then all of a sudden, the wind turned into, gathered into one place. And I saw a form of a massive, great big armchair. And I'm thinking, wow. And I could see the arms of the armchair and I could see the back. And then all of a sudden I looked deeper and I was being told all the time, relax, Pamela, relax. And then the wind came and made, um, I saw a, a huge face, chubby face, and all the hair was just blowing, but it wasn't air. It was all made of wind. And then the face, yeah, the face took shape and then the body took shape and it was huge. Um, and it turned, this man was sitting in this chair, but he was really deep voiced and he told me to come closer. But everything was just still the shape of wind. He couldn't wasn't a painting or anything and I went closer and he whispered he whispered something in my ear and then he put his hand on my shoulder and he said don't be afraid we have we don't be afraid we will guide you through and when he took his 
and off, everything started to turn back to the wind again. So all the framework of his face and his hair just vanished. And I was left with emptiness. There's, there's nothing there. It, and I turned round and whatever I, when I turned round, whatever it was, I left behind and I walked back to the person that was waiting, the soul was waiting. And he said, you have been blessed. At that time, I didn't think anything of it and I didn't tell anybody about the the beautiful meeting that I had. Um, and I was promised, I was promised but, that my life would change and that I would never regret going back. And from that day on, I was actually, through that near-death experience, they put me into what we used to call it an asylum. Not because I was crazy, but not because they wanted to find out things that had happened to me while I was on the table. And I could explain when the doctor come and I explained about the young girl, um, what he said to her and how she dropped this kidney-shaped bowl on the floor and how it seemed to make such a noise it vibrated through through me and he said you couldn't have been you was you was classed as dead at 332 you couldn't have heard that so what they did they put me in a position where in them days they had a lot of control over things and they put me in the sanatorium in the beginning you took some pills and overdosed and then did you go unconscious for a while and then wake up in this other place or did you immediately can you just kind of tell me a little more specific after okay. you took the pills what happened next I just like went like what you call a flatliner I just went I I I could hear nothing see nothing I it was a sleep but it was a deep sleep it was a it was I suppose you could, to be simple, you could say, I went to sleep and didn't wake up. Hmm. Because that's that I took so many tablets, you wouldn't believe. So, yes, I went, I went to sleep. But I also believe that a suicide death is different to somebody. Some people choose to die mm-hmm. or somebody die. So there's two different deaths there. Right. And I believe that. We all have different types of um, near-death experience, but I do Mm -hmm. believe that people that's committed suicide or took their own life goes into a different place um, and is guided, guided, guided through storms, whatever you want to call it, um, until they decide that this is what they want to do or this is what they want to go. I had no intention of coming back mm. to this world. Mm. And I, when this person come and said, Pamela, you must go back after me feeling all this beautiful energy, telling me to go back, I begged with everything I had in my heart, please don't send me back. But they promised me that my life would change. And things would happen to me where that I could look back one day on life and thank them for giving me that extra time. 
Who do you think that person was? She was the angel of life. She told me that that was that was what she called herself. And I said, you know, when I was talking to her, she said, "I am the angel of life," mm. and that's how she portrayed herself, the angel. And I thought that was quite nice at the time. Who do you think the being was that was created from wind? Well, if I say I do not like to say this because I hear it all the time and whatever, but. I do believe that that person on that throne was God. That's my belief. I don't mm. expect anybody else. But what he said and what he promised, I will not repeat. But you wouldn't, Jeff, you wouldn't believe how my life has changed from that dramatic time. I've got everything in the world I want. Mm. I don't want for anything. Right. I've done everything. I've been everywhere. I'm very contented with life. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So they'd give me what they promised. But I've given back because all my work is done freely. Everything I do, um, I can, they give me a beautiful energy where I can move tables. And that was an accident when I found out I could move a table. My son and I, we'd, I painted, I'm a painter, by the way, I paint, <coughs> painted this little table. And we were sticking this transfer on the top. Then all of a sudden, I pressed on the table. And I was just about going to take my hand off. And my son said, my God, what happened, ma'am? I said, the bloody table moved. So I got a few people together and talked to the table, whatever. And yes, the table moves. It just doesn't move one inch, two inches. It moves completely around the room. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't use that for anything but to show people energy that we've got, how to use it, and how to move things with it. And that's another another what, thing. Did you get any other abilities after your NDE? I've got the ability to... The automatic writing is the most beautiful gift that I was given. I don't know when I first started writing. I'm not a writer, I'm a listener. I listen to dead people telling me their stories about their life and death experiences. So when this is, I'll give you, um, I'll just give you a bit of an inkling because this is, um, this is how, how it's done and it's really hard. Um, I'm just going to say, people ask me all the time about the gift of automatic writing. It's not just one answer or one question that is a lot more involved to automatic writing. Um, so I've written 20 books and I've won three awards in America. Um, but what takes place is if I, can't, if I can't get to my computer in a couple of days, I get out of my bed and I can come into my office. This is truth. I can describe everything. There's a gentleman sitting there turning his hat in, in his hand and he, he, I know he's from the Air Force. Um, there's a lady sitting there and she's got a, a little booty in her hand. There's another, there's a young girl pulling on me, on my shirt, telling me that, can she tell me her story? And then I go a bit further and then there's a man that smokes a lot of cigarettes all the time. And he says, I would like to tell me your, my story. And so all these people wait until I've got the time to sit on the computer. And as long as I've got the first, um, it's like the, 
<clears throat> the first person come through to gave me their story and the story was look behind the mirror. So if I write that down on my computer, they'll tune in to me later on for the, me to get together with them and they tell me their stories. The stories are only seven pages to eight pages long. But in that time, they tell me who they are, where they're from. They tell me the story to take me through the death. And then at the end, they tell me why they've come through. And why they've come through is majority of the time, it's for people that's grieving that have lost a daughter and lost a son or lost someone's suicide. So these are the people that come back and tell the stories. Um, there's a man standing up there and he, he wants me to tell a story about the carnation uh, for Julie. The other one tells me he wants to, me to write the story, the yellow tattoo. Another one, the black car, the 21st birthday, looking across the water, tell them I'm sorry. Um, then I see a young man, young man, 18, 20, asking, can I tell my story, please? Um, it's called a paper chase. Then someone else comes in and shouts over everybody else, the bin lid. And I thought, how, what can you, what story can you write about a bin lid? So when I finished, I sat and called him back in. And it was a young girl. And she told me the story about the bin lid, which would break your heart. It turned out such a beautiful story. And then, um, then I, somebody shouts, whose turn is it now? And then um, I found that through all the people that I'm trying to listen to, it's the people that shout the loudest that I can. It's like anything today. You shout loud, your people will listen to you. So this is what happens. So the soft-spoken ones are always left for, for you know, for for, um, for the last. Um, then there's another person shouts, wishing. And then someone from behind shouts to me, uh, the doorbell, please don't forget the doorbell. So the doorbell is all about a story about, um, I haven't heard, of, heard it yet. It's still waiting on my computer to be written. Um, there's, there's an old gentleman who comes forward and he says, can we talk about Susie, please? And that's about, he wants to tell me about his wife, how she passed away and what happens. And how, for some reason, they, instead of, when you die and you let go, majority of people cross over straight away. But there is some that linger, and I call them the lingering souls. They're the ones that don't want to go back, uh, don't, don't want to pass over for a reason. Sometimes it's an horrible quick death, and they can't, it's like they can't get um, things together. And it takes time, and it takes patience. But then there's other pe there's people that's committed really bad crimes, they come through. I don't like that part because it's part of the dark side. I can talk anything about the dark side, and I've been there, but I don't like to talk about the light, dark side. But if somebody wants to know about it, I know because my guides, they tell me. If it, I wanted, when I first come over here, um, they, they told me, when I come back to Australia, they told me I was going to be a teacher. I said, you're joking. I can't, I don't know about life. How can I talk about death? But my guide said, you will have 14 people and you will teach them. I had 14 people. And the first night I did the, um, the first day I did the group, 
I was so shaking. I thought they're going to hear my knees knocking under the table. And it was such a success. I taught for four years and I went to England and I went to Tasmania and I te- teach people. I can teach people how to read the tarot cards, psychometry. Psychometry, I don't know if you know what that is. That's reading by a piece of jewellery, anything metal. Um, I can t- teach people about the, the glass ball, the um how to read the fire, how to read the stars, how to read tea leaves. Because it's not that I can do it, it's because my guide is the one that does it. Mm. So it's it's not, I'm not wonderful, they're wonderful. Um, I can go, I can go in the street, tell people to put one card, and in that one card, I can give a rundown of everything. I've been on television where uh, a chap said, look, I need someone to fill in for 10 minutes, can you help me out? And I did a show for 10 minutes and I did so many people reading. It's fast. It's an energy reading. And, and, and that's what I like to do. I like to work. Because if you work fast, you haven't got time to think. And people ask me all the time, how do I know my loved ones are saying what I think they're saying or is it me? Mm-hmm. And my guides said, the first the first." If you ask a question, the first thought that comes into your mind is from the other side. The second thought is yours because you've got time to think about it. So everything I've asked, they've told me. But I just I just would like to just read this because the words into it is absolutely beautiful. The spirits, the souls, however you want to classify them, the ones that contact you, are those the ones that are lingering the ones that have fully passed over or both? Um, the ones that come in are the ones that are lingering, but, but they have passed over. But I suppose it's the only... You see, we listen... When I'm talking, I talk about what's happening to me. Very few people know how it feels to be on the other side. Like I, I was doing a reading for a lady the other day and I said, yeah, she said, I can't feel him, I can't see him anymore. But I said, he's there. He's telling me he sits on the end of your bed and, and he said, especially last night, you felt the bed go down. And she said, I did. And I said, he's telling me that there's a ph- photograph on the bedside and there's two people in it, but it's not him. It's not him, it, it's, uh, it's you and the son. So, and then they come in and say, do you know how hard it is when I can hear my wife crying? And I put my arms around her. She can't feel me anymore. She can't hear me anymore, but I'm there with her. And that's the frustrating part of the spirits that's passed over. Mm. They are with you, people that's lost loved ones. They're there daily, but... Because we don't feel it, we don't believe it. But this, my guy tells me, every person that phones me up and says, I've lost a loved one. They always give me a different, um, like I had an old gentleman that said, he's not coping um, with losing his wife. He doesn't feel close anymore. And his wife come through and she said, tell him to go in my top drawer. There's a black velvet little bag there. My he put my wedding ring in there. Tell him to put the wedding ring around his neck and he'll feel closer to me. So that's what he did. And he phoned me about a month later and he said, I don't know what happened, he said, but I'm living life again. Hmm. When we lose someone, it's really sad. 
but it's sad for the people on the other side. And that's why a lot of people come to tell me the stories to educate people that they're not far away. Mm-hmm. They say they're only a breath away. Carry on. Another question. Are they still contacting you today? Every day of my life, they're with me. Every day. These are all the stories I've got to sit down. Um, this was my first book, Sleep Never Comes, for those that didn't reach the other side. Never. I won award with this book. But in this book here, you will find these are the stories. The Coal Miner's Son, that is Yorkshire one, that is a beautiful one. It's all about coal miner. Who will tell my wife, that's in a gentleman in the army, the sergeant and his men to whom it may concern, the whisperer, nowhere to run till we meet again, the window, my baby doesn't cry, left but not forgotten, the crossing, an empty chair, where is he now? Please answer me, the post box, the waiting by the graveside. Um, I've got in one book, I don't know whether you can save me reading them all out. Yeah, you got a lot. The full of their stories. And as I said, their stories, if you go from the yellow ribbon, it's 57. You'll go to the sleigh, which is 62 and 63. So some of them are very short. <coughs> Can butterflies cry? cry, cry? Mm-hmm. This, this book here cost me $1,800 to do the cover. My guy taught me how to do my own covers. With a blank piece of paper, I now design my own covers. And that's another one of my books. This is, this is a beautiful book. It's A Lifetime of Memories. And the story tells you, I have waited a long time and there's nothing more to lose. All I have left is our memories. The brooch that you gave me on our first wedding anniversary. And the postcard reminds me of the only day we spent apart. The wedding spray I wore on our wedding day and the hat. Do you remember the hat, my darling? So it's all about one story, but in there, again, this, this is my spell check book. There's, hmm. there's more stories in there. Do these spirits come and contact you even when you don't want to have you know communication with them or do you turn it on and off? No, I never. I never close my door. It's, it's like my husband and I, we was watching the television and my husband said, that is the most beautiful love story I've ever seen. Mm. And I went to bed and I always sleep with my hand out of the bed. That tells them that I'm, I'm there for them. And then I feel this young, young boy and he's tugging on my arm and he said, can I tell you my love story? And then you tell me if my love story is not the greatest love story you've ever heard. Um, my, my husband said, are you getting up? I said, yeah, I won't be a minute. So I get up and I go to the computer and I write his story down word for word. And then when he's finished, he stands there by, by the uh, computer and he said, now, was that the most beautiful story you've ever heard? And I said, it was absolutely beautiful. So they don't only come and tell me, they tell me beautiful stories, love stories, um, love stories where they're waiting to meet their loved one that they lost years ago. And they go to the last place that they had was, um, this was a dance floor. The old girl come and <clears throat> took me to the dance floor. I believe a lot of people are grieving out there over the loss of a loved one. And that's what attracts yeah. them to these NDE videos. What kind of advice would you give somebody who is grieving over a loss of a loved one? 
each we're all individuals some hide it more than others and some are forward but when people phone me up I talk to them I don't ask them anything I just talk to them I just ask for the name of the person and then I talk to them about about them because people want to talk about it especially children want to talk people forget that when you lose an husband and you've got children children lose a father but if you go back to memories Everything I do is through memories. That's how I work. I work through their memories. Hmm. Um, the children say, are told to go out and play or go and watch TV. Their children don't get time to grieve. And that child grows up. And then they phone me up and say, what happened to my dad? Because I was never told. I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral. Um, and so you talk to him. And it just gives them a new lease on life. And it helps them. So as I said, no two people are the same. But my advice is to someone that's grieving is don't emphasize on the on the on the death and the, and the negative side of things. Open the photo album up. Look at the happy times that you spend together, because by that down you're bringing the your loved ones closer to them. It's like you look at a photograph and say, "Oh, that was my dad. Oh, he was good. He liked this. He liked that." The energy of the photograph is is captivating. It, the soul seems to come out. Uh, do you ever do? Do you know people that do photograph readings? Uh, well, I do photograph readings, and it's like I can tell by a person um, different things, but it's more about going into their lifetime than anything else. So, a photograph is very good for picking up energy, but if you're grieving. You need help and you need somebody um, that is a good listener but talks about that person, not about many people. Do you know what I mean? Do you fear death at all? Do I? Do you fear death? death? Not in the least. Not in the least. I, when I I get this energy, when you talk about death and you'll see me change, it's like a a vump. I'm, I'm like, I'm like plugged into to a to battery charger most of the day. I'm up at Apple's four. I don't go to bed till Apple's nine, ten o'clock. I can. It's nothing I can't do. I can build a house from bottom to top. Hmm. You know, this is a gift I've been given. Up. It's not only that. It's um, second sense, second sight, um, feelings. I could go on about my work every day. Predictions was one of my. Beautiful experience I had years ago when um, when I was going to talk about cloasis. Did you want to ask another question? I stopped you earlier because I wanted to ask you questions, but if you're ready, you can read to us what you were planning on reading. Okay, um, I'm just it, just so you know that it's not me talking. It's um, it's from the biblical world, and he it, it says, um, "My world is a wonderful world. It's an enchanting world which knows no boundaries." It is life and death and circumstances beyond our control. Death is a rebirth, a rebirth of souls. It is a place beyond comprehension, and it is a place of peace and understanding. It is a time frame with, within the time frame of one second of one moment of life that carries memories of life that we have lived time and time before. I have listened, this is my part now, I have listened to hundreds of their stories. I see them, hear them, and feel them. I live with them in their memories. 
and they take me through the experience of their life and death journey. And when they're on a battlefield, I'm with them. When they're writing the last letter to their loved ones, I'm with them. I'm with them until, until they actually stop breathing and mm. they go. And when I ask my guide, when we live, they give me, I lost a child years ago mm. and a friend come and phoned me up and she said, I've lost, I've lost my baby, but it was stillborn. And through that questionnaire, I get memories come through and this person come and told me about how re reincarnation happens. But in such a beautiful way, um, they actually took me through a, a baby that has not been born yet. And the baby then takes over and tells you the story, what the baby can feel inside the, uh, the, the mother's womb. It, it hears and sees, but not like we do, the see and feel by vibration. And, and this, this child takes me through. I can send you the story on because it's unbelievable. It's just beautiful. It's a tearjerker. But it's a good explanation of what happens. And, and all the time I've always thought that when you, when you, um, when you were born, it's your first breath that counts, but it isn't. My guides say it's the first memory because that is the only thing that we take with us when we go is our memories. And we live with their memories until, that, as he says, memories are no more. And I ask him what he means by memories no more. It's like, it's like you yourself, you've lived on this this world and you've got your mom and your dad and your brothers and sisters and aunts and then you've got the next generation, next generation. When you die, until your memories are lost on this earth plane where nobody else remembers you, then you have no memories no more on the earth plane. Maybe somebody on the earth plane has a photograph of you. Maybe they've got something that belongs to you. But the memories that they add with you is no more. And that allows you to pass on and go to the next step in your life. Hmm. And then people say, do we go higher? Do we go to a different form? Do we do this? No, we don't. I'll tell you the next time we have a chat, I'll tell you what really happens word for word from Cloasis, which he predicted thousands of birds would fall from the sky. And this is a long time ago. All right, so what about famous people or even like, for example, this YouTube video? This video may be up here for a thousand years. Does that mean we can't leave until this video disappears? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that at all. You were saying that people don't leave until, you know, the memories of them have left, right? And yep. I'm saying, what about famous people or even like you and I, we're going to have this video together and maybe it'll yes, be here for a thousand years. So maybe yes, we'll we never are. be able to leave. Yes, I, I agree, but we're not in people's minds. We read it through a book. Like me, I love to read about history. I like to read about Roman times, but I watch it. But that's memories that are just like um, the memories, but they're not of the time and place at the time. Do you uh -huh. know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a gap between it's, it's different from you holding your daughter and hugging her 
and that's a close memory. Then you go into 20 years later and you see somebody in the street and you hug. It's a different memory. Do you know what I mean? It's like a time-lapse memory. Mm. So it's when I say that when you die and the memories that people have of you, they will still have them close by. But when you're gone, it's like I can remember my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, but my great-great-grandmother, I've got no memories of, but I can see photographs of her. Mm. I can see camera snaps at her. I can read what she used to write. She's a beautiful writer. Um, so I've got those memories of her, but they're not my memories. Right. Do you understand? Yeah, that makes sense. They're in between memories. When you're on the other side, do you see family members? Do you see friends? Have you had any, you know, do you know any, any information about that? When I was young, I stuttered so bad I couldn't talk. So what happened is people shunned me because, um, don't talk to her. She's a stuttering Annie. You used to call me stuttering Annie. So you, you lose confidence in yourself and you step back. Um, and, 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 and that was, wait a minute. Somebody's trying to come through. Now I'm not going to, um, hang on. I'm sorry about this. Um, I've just got to clear my mind for a minute. What was the question you asked? Uh, I was saying when you're on the other side, do you see friends, family? Yeah. So uh, sometimes I get somebody come in and and they'll push through and I can't get my words out or my memories that I want to talk about. So, yes, my mother was the most cleverest medium that I've ever seen in my life. I never wanted to be connected to mediumship because... It was forced on me and kids used to make fun of me because they wouldn't play with me because oh, my mother talked to the dead. You know, I'm cruel kids be. But I remember my mum sitting at a table and I remember no matter whether it was Chinese, um, foreigners or whatever, they'd come to my mother and they'd sit down and my mum would say, just close your eyes and rest your eyes for a moment and I used, used to make me sit at the end of the table. Oh, I used to hate it. And, and then she'd stand up and she'd put her hands in, in her sleeves and she'd bow and she'd bow and she'd bow. And then she talked to this person fluently, whether it was Chinese, whether it was Czechoslovakian, whether it was... Uh, uh, the words just flow out. And the person would answer and they'd talk back. And, and it was just something unbelievable and it went on for years but it was only the last part of things that was going on in my life that I really started taking notice and thinking how does my mum know this bloke and how does he know that um, his wife's okay and she's being put into a camp and she'll find her in this place and that and so I started questioning things but my grandmother could read the fire the stars and every Sunday, we'd, I'd get invited down and we'd have what we call new cake. I mean, grandmother used to say, poke the fire, Pamela, poke the fire. And I used to sit there poking the bloody fire. What can you see? Nothing, nothing. And she'd say, poke the fire, Pamela. And I used to poke the fire. And then this one day, I was poking the fire. And I said, oh, a grandma said, um, there's, there's a man just, it is head and fallen under the table. And she said, what? What man? 
said, he's got funny colour hair and his hair's white. And I said, he's got his glasses and his glasses are broke. Where is he? I said, he's fallen under the table. So all of a sudden, she dragged me up by my arm. We run through the door. She slapped me out on my head and run down the street. My grandfather died under the, under the table. Oh, wow. And so, so that was another one. The other one was when I, when I was young, I used to have a lot of friends. Um, but there was always pa- friends that passed away. I had the chimney sweep because um, we used to live in this big house and he died in the chimney. And he used to come and play with me. And we used to, <clears throat> I used to get chips from the kitchen and we used to go up there and we used to roll the, chew them. And then, and he had dirty hands. <laughs> but we used to chew them and we used to roll them into balls and we'd put them on the table and we'd play house with these things. And then he told me about how he used to go up the chimneys and clean the chimneys. And of course, naive being a child, what, what do you want to do that for? And then he told me that it was the only way he could get get money. And uh, this time he went up and he said, the, there's a block and it fell down and it cut him off and he couldn't get back out and he died in the chimney. Hmm. So that right. was really sad. Can you share with us some of the most shocking things that you've learned about the other side? Uh, one really comes to mind, um, which makes me really sad. And I get confused. Um, when a long time ago, my my main guide, I've got Fred, is a wonderful, wonderful um, guide. Um, I named him Fred because it's simple. Um, and he's taught me everything I wanted to know. And at this one time, I said, "Where do where do people go um, that's done murders and things like that?" And he said, do you really want to know? And I said, yes, I really want to know. So he said, well, it will be good experience for you. And <clears throat> he, he took me along this path and then the path disappeared. And as this path disappearing, there was all these moans and groans and and it was awful. And it looked like, to me, it looked like a huge circle. And there was people all just huddled together and there was moaning. And the moans hit the soul, hit your soul. It was awful feeling. And I said to, to Fred, I don't want to feel anymore. He said, you must carry on now. You must go to the middle and complete your journey. You will never feel. You'll never know if you don't feel. So um, I I was there on outside the circle, and then all of a sudden I felt myself being walked through the circle, and people were grabbing hold of me and, and asking me to help them, and 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 it was it was absolutely awful because when they holded me, I knew what they'd done. They show, I was shown a picture how he'd slice his person up and, and this other one murdered somebody else and and I was getting all these negative energies that was I couldn't believe it. And he my guys kept saying, Go through, go through. And then but it was not their deaths that they create you know, they killed. It was them themselves. The pain and the agony 
and the uh, and the need for life and everything rolled into one coming out of these people was unbelievable. So although they did all these bad things, they were living in this this thing that just circled and circled and circled every day, day and night, day and night, day and night. And it was sorrow beyond comprehension. It was it was awful. It was completely awful. And then when I get to the other side, um, I found myself on what I call solid ground. And he said, I will teach you now how to do, I think he called it redemption. I'm not very good at big words, I'll be honest. And we stood there and he said, look into the center. So I looked into the center and this person uh, been begging and I don't know what happened, but I'm going to say the good Lord. I don't know what people believe. Opened a opened a, a circle, a tiny circle, and the person was allowed to go through the light and had redemption. I don't know what it was, but that's the worst thing that I ever had to physically and mentally go through. So why do we reincarnate over and over again? What's the point of coming here? Well, I'm going to keep that. I know for some reason I'm going to have another talk to you. I don't know why. (laughs) But I'm going to read this out word for word as well. They told me it is. And it is beautiful. Uh, And you can understand why it's see i think we get when i was first when i first knew i had the ability it was years ago and i was searching because i didn't know how to do this and how to do that so i went through a lot of people and i read a lot of books and i got so confused with everything what people were telling me um that i sat back one day and i asked my guide could you please guide me through this so that if I'm going to pass them on to somebody else as a question I don't want to be lying anyway I want to know that they that it's the truth and this is what happens so he said all you had to do was ask and I learned to ask and I ask every day of my life I want to know and so so this is this is how I learn a lot of things you you see a lot of mediums out there and the grace and whatever, but I want to know what makes them tick. I want to talk to them, but I don't, I don't get that chance. I don't know why some people just close off. But whatever in the spirit world, I want to know about it because I want to understand it because I have hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, Texas on my Texas on my phone is 800 today. Then I'll have um, at least six, 700 emails. People asking me questions. I don't want ever to pass this life without I know that I've done the best and give them the truthful answer. Because if we give them a truthful answer, they can pass that on. And, and that's the way it works. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to flower power or anything. I want the truth, the old truth, and nothing but the truth. So if I meet somebody, I hold them on to me. I hold on to me. I want to know. I want to know how people think and how people tick. And I suppose it's knowledge of life, isn't it? You're, 
you learn through experiences and you learn through communicating. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, no how, problem can, whatsoever. how should they contact you? Um, well, I've got a thing called Zoom at the moment. I'm not very manically minded, but I've got the program Zoom on. And so I'm going to set that up as uh, Pam McKay. Uh, talk to Pam McKay or something like that, and I'm going to put it on there. And But you can call to me, contact me from um, www.lifeafterdeath.com.au. That is my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go on my website. But I get so many through there that you can get lost. So it's best to for me to start something new off so that new people, I can answer them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You said that you're an author of 20 books. Are they all on Amazon or do they need to go to your website? No, I, I, I will be honest with you. I, all these books I did myself. I, I'm a self, self-author. I do everything myself. And then I put my books on Amazon and I found that there was a lot of things not right with Amazon. So it's not about selling my books. It's not about getting my books out there. It's about getting their stories out there. That's the point of the books. I'm not there to make money on the books. I'm there because every story that comes on Facebook and so, or, or, or Quora, um, people ask me, I can send them a story instead of me telling them because the story's true and I'm not. So, um, yes, as I said, Zoom, I'm trying to figured out to start a zoom up so people can ask me a question about life and death they can phone me if they're in australia or they can facetime me if they've lost a loved one so there's no problem there Mm. i do that there's no charges for anything i do i keep it free so that's That's no problem what about on facebook can they contact you there Yes, they can come. They can face me on on Facebook, um, so there's no problem there. I get a. I've got Pam McKay, and I've also got Life After Death, um, on Facebook. So, it's it's or you can you can catch me on. They can email me on Pam McKay at hotmail dot com. So it's Pam McKay, M C C A G H on hotmail.com and that way the letters will come direct so there's three or four different ways to call i would like to have something where like me and you um i can talk to a crowd of people because for me to answer i answer letters from india from all over the world but i can only answer one letter at a time and I'm not a very good writer, so I dictate things through the machine, but I make hundreds of mistakes. So it takes me so long. But if I had a group of people mm-hmm. and they ask me a, a question, I can give them it and it's finished. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. You may want to, um, do you know what Discord is? You ever heard of Discord? No. Discord is a platform that you can type to each other, you can chat to each other, audio, you can video chat and everything. It's totally free. And what you may want to do is set up a free account. And then once you do, I'll give you the link to my rooms. I have rooms. Yeah. 
You can chit chat with people there. And I set it up recently where if people want to practice their services or whatever, I just say, please do it all free. Since you said you do stuff for free, you can have a whole group of people with you there in Discord. That's what I need. I need, uh, you know, I, I don't mind answering any question, mm-hmm. um, but it's, I, I've got a young man in South Africa at the moment. And for me to correspond with him, I have to write him a letter to get it through. It, in that time I've wrote a letter, I could write, be, be doing my books, you know, right? So talking to a group of people, even if we work together and you open it and, and I go for the slather, I don't mm-hmm. mind how it's done mm-hmm. as long as the messages get through. Right. Well, on Discord, you don't need me to be there. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just everybody can do whatever they want. It's kind of like yeah. Facebook, but different. It's kind I of better, I think. Yeah. You well, just, what was it called again? It's called Discord. D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Sis. Discord. D-I-S-C-O-R-D. D-I-S. Sorry, D-I-S. C-O-R-D. Once we're finished later, I will send you the link to my rooms. Yes, you send and it. You just set up. You just set up your free profile, and then you click yep. on my links, and you can join my rooms. And anybody here's listening can join my rooms as well. I mean, there's already like. Well, that's. I think there's like 250 people there already. Yeah, well, that's great. I mean, I, I, it, it's something that, um, that you can talk to a group, and mm-hmm. I, I really would like that. So, um. And you talk every uh, once a week? Or you can do whatever you want. Work? You can just leave a message ah, right. and say, hey, everybody, I'm going to be here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 to 10 or mo- once a week on Mondays from 7 to 9 yep. or, or whatever you want to do. It's between you and the people there. It's like I don't even – I don't manage it. I just kind of set it up and – it's like a nice tool for people who are interested in my podcast and these subjects where they can meet other people and friends and, and communicate yeah. with each other. I found, I find it very easy to talk to you. Good. You've got a very quiet yeah. one, one, ball, one, <laughs> one vibe. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I find it well, that easy maybe, to talk to you. <laughs> my, I think my personality works best with this type of subject matter. How did you start off? Did you, do you like this sub yeah. do you like this subject? Yes, I do. And it's a long sub it's a long conversation and I want to bring it back to you because I'm here to talk about you, yeah. not me. And oh, anyways no. but anyways, it's already been over an hour that we've been recording. So oh, it doesn't matter, does it? I mean, it's, it if you're learning something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, does it? I mean right. um I wish that I had somebody to teach me you know when I really needed somebody years ago um there's there's so much about life and death it's not about living and dying there's there's all these other things that surround life and death um that I you you could go talking for hours and hours and still not get to to the end of things Mm -hmm. um so so maybe you're right you will be coming back at some time Yes, we'll have to get together again. I, I really I really enjoyed your company and I really do thank you. And I didn't know you were going to um, handle me because my husband, <laughs> loving, we've, um, he's used to me, but I 
I'm a really energetic person, and mm-hmm. a lot of people find it difficult to. Um, to I've been on talkback radio shirt stations and mm-hmm. whatever. And this one bloke said, "I can, I don't know what you're on about," <laughs> but he well, wasn't into that kind of thing. Subject, right, right. you know. So anyway, before we finish up, I've got two last questions. Yeah. The first question is: Can people learn to? be able to do what you do without having an NDE? If I want to read cards or I want to do this or I want to do that, I can't remember cards and I can't remember what they mean, but I don't have to because I've got a guide. If I don't have a guide, then I'm nothing. Mm. So if you want to or somebody wants to learn, they've got to want to learn because you've got to have a lot of time. It's like when you go for a job um, at a cash out and you've got to learn the till. Um, my job is 10 times bigger than that because I don't have to learn one thing. I've got to learn another thing and another thing and another thing. You've got to have that passion to learn and people can learn it. The gift of automatic writing, I don't know anyone that can do what I've done, but I will love to know if you can find anybody to write stories like I do. I've searched every book because when I first write and wrote the books, I didn't know whether I was channeling or I didn't know how it was working. But the, the fact is I tune out, bring people in, and I listen through memories. That's how I work, just through memories. And I said, anybody can... If you're dedicated enough, meditation is the key. Because if you don't let your mind wander and you don't open the door, then nothing's going to come in. Mm-hmm. I've got a son that will that is following me now. Um, it's generation after generation with me. Um, and it took him four years to learn how to open the door. And it's just happened. Mm-hmm. Now, when that door opens you get everything every teacher up there that you want to know about and to teach you do you know what i mean but you've got to want it um have you have you got any abilities what what do you my only ability is is being able to be relaxed so people like you can open up to me you've got (laughs) as i said you've got a lovely a lovely flow with you and you've got um, what I call um, a straight flow, a straight flow which doesn't waver, which is brilliant for for what, you know our kind of work that we do. And if ever you wanted to, if you ever you lay lay back, do you know how to meditate? Yeah, I try to meditate as much as possible. I, for a while, I was doing it every day. Lately, I've just kind of had a weird schedule, so maybe once a week, but I really would like to do it more. I meditate every day, and I find the easiest way to meditate is I lay there, hold my hands out, and I virtually say, I'm yours. That's that's what I give up. I'm yours. And then I clear myself first from my head to my feet. And I... By clearing it, I, I see my brain, I see behind my eyes, I see everything, and I clear it. I'm also healing myself that way. And I wash everything through my f- feet, whatever. But it's the breathing. 
and the letting go. If you can let go, I have been to some magnificent place. I've got a guy called Abula, and he gave me a piggyback years ago to this old witch in this thing. So if you let your mind go, it's the only thing that the spirit world can connect to is your mind. Mm. And if you can open that door and let it go, I'm 100% sure you're there. But sometimes it's confidence for you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So if you say, I can do this, but you'd have to say, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. Because you've got to believe that you can do it. Is there anything, any, any, I, I keep getting with you photographs. Hmm. So I believe if you start off with the photograph, rub the photograph three or four times on the front, then turn the photograph over and just put your three fingers on there and feel what comes through the photograph. And that's a beautiful way of, ex, of, of, picking up energy another way you feel I'm, I'm sure you'd be able to do this as well you get a big scrapbook and you get a piece of charcoal about that big and you put it through your three fingers and you just go with the charcoal on the paper and then just let your mind wander and you'll find you, you it'll go circles or it'll go straight down or it'll do all these kind of things then when you're finished lift the page up and you think my god that's a face in there, or you turn it round and there's a message. And that is simple. That is simple. So charcoal, piece of pen, just let your, just let your, uh, your charcoal go bloody crackers. You and your missus do it. It's fun, it's energetic, and you help open the door. Everything that you can use helps you get a bit closer. It's like anything today. The more knowledge we got, the better we get. Um Crystal ball, it's very difficult to read the crystal ball. I do do it, but I don't like doing it. Um, but I'll tell you what, I could teach you about a pendulum that talks to you. I could teach you about a crystal that you take out in the garden and you hang it over a flower and the flower will say, no, I don't want to communicate with you, but the next flower will. This is all what I've been taught so I can teach. Um, I have taught people to do that, but people don't stick to things long enough mm. to get that extra knowledge. Right, right. All right, Pam. Well, before I finish up, can you leave us yep. with one last positive message? I think I think what you've got to do is just to love everyone. I love everybody. I love to hold people. I go anywhere and I'll hug somebody. And they think, crazy bloody woman. But by hugging people, you're giving yourself to a person so love everyone well thank you for that okay. message and thank you again okay. for being my guest okay i hope we'll talk talk again soon okay oh, all right thank you very much for having me it was a pleasure and i've entirely utterly enjoyed your company likewise thank you very much right. okay take care thanks for watching the jeff mara podcast I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.